Welcome to the Way Church Service at Greystone with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 1 Oakley Avenue in North Providence, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Everybody this morning, it's a beautiful day today. Come on, let's see them beautiful smiles this morning. All right. Welcome to the Way Service at Greystone. I'd like to thank everyone for coming out this morning to get a portion of God's Word. First and foremost, I'd like to thank our risen Savior, the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for making all this possible for us by going to the cross, shedding his blood for the forgiveness of our sins, and becoming the final sacrifice for our sins so we could have a new life, eternal life, spiritual life, and a new purpose here on planet Earth for all who believe in the one and only Son of God. We gather here to learn about our Creator and find our purpose here and use it to glorify God and to serve our Lord and Savior and one another. Our goal, this ministry has a goal, and that is to grow spiritually and start to handle life God's way, not our way. God's Word, which is the Bible, becomes the owner's manual to our lives. And we study it, learn it, read it, and apply it to see how God wants us to live, how to think, how to act, how to serve how to treat ourselves and others. Thank you, Jesus. Each part of his body is very precious to God. One body, many parts. I want to personally welcome all of you to the way. We depend on God's grace, not our own power, to accomplish his will for our lives. Also, I want to say hello to our family who are watching from the live feed who can't be here with us. If you'd like to worship with us in unity of the Spirit, We thank you all, and thank you for your continued support, and we love you. If you have a cell phone, can you please silence it so it does not interfere with this morning's service? And we will bow our heads for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, our risen Savior, Jesus, we're just so grateful, so honored, and so thankful that you give us this opportunity to gather together this morning in your church to worship you, to honor you, and to glorify you, Lord, and to grow and become more and more like you. Help us to change our ways into your ways, Lord, especially as we go into this new season and this new year, Lord. Help us to make the necessary changes we need to make in our lives, Lord, to become more and more like the Lord Jesus so we can bring more honor and glory to your name and bring more people into your kingdom. We pray for the people that are sick and suffering who can't be here with us, that the message goes beyond the four walls to reach someone and they find salvation through the word of God this morning. And we're just so grateful and thankful for each and every believer that believes, Lord, I pray for our nation, that you keep your healing hand on it, and that we put that Bible right back in the White House as the owner's manual to run this country. And we also pray for the nation Israel, Lord, that... The Lord Jesus re-enters that nation, Lord, and heals it for the sake of your chosen ones, Father. 
so we could all become like Jesus, Lord, and build your kingdom. And as always, Lord, let everything be led by your spirit this morning and not my flesh. And it's the power in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. All right, we're going to stand and worship the Lord. song together.
Together with our differences, together we are bolder, braver, stronger. Good job, guys. That's a beautiful song, isn't it? What a beautiful day. She's got a beautiful voice. What a beautiful church. I want to look Thank you. One body, many parts. I'd like to thank everybody for coming out this morning. Sorry for the little inconvenience we have on the side there that they are putting up the gate this morning. We have to make provisions for that. Not only am I called to help and teach you, but I'm also called to protect you. And we have to do that, and they have to do it today, unfortunately. So just please be with, bear with us as we make the necessary protection that we make for our church. Amen? Amen. As he mentioned, we are having a meeting Tuesday night. We do need all the support we can get to show up at Town Hall at 7 o'clock. If this is your church and you want to support it, show up. Amen? Amen. There's one body, many parts. All right? We all need each other here. We're all on the same page here. We're all equal in God's eyes. And it's an honor to be here as we go into the new year. Let us turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 as we go into our Bibles. We, are, we do have blue cards in there to help you get to the scriptures. Help yourself to that if need be. As the Holy Spirit will be taking over as I go into these scriptures. So try to clear your mind and prepare your hearts to receive the message the Spirit is trying to say to the church this morning. Amen? Okay, stay focused. Especially now we've got a new year coming up. Second Corinthians 5, she got us in verse 15, back up to 14. All right. What a blessing it is to gather together this morning. Especially as the world gets darker and darker and darker out there. I'm just so grateful to be around like-minded people. As it seems like the world is going against us and everything we do. Like, we try to, um, you know, discern right from wrong, and they do it the opposite. Wrong is right, and right is wrong. It's, it's crazy. Thank God we have a sanctuary we could come to, and a Lord we can go to at any given time. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's go to verse 14. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we all believe that, right? We believe that Christ died for all. We also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive this new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So what he's saying is, now that I've given you this new life, I want you to live your life for me and not yourself anymore. And the process of sanctification that takes place is the struggle now from the 
spirit in the flesh, all the way till we go home to be with him. We understand that it's a struggle. But our position, the penalty of our sin has been dealt with. That's done. He's not holding any of our sins against us. Now he's trying to make us more like Jesus while we're down here. Preparing us for the eternal home he's preparing for us. Now listen. Verse 16. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. When we come to church, we come to church in the spirit. And we what? Love each other unconditionally like the Bible asks us. Not in the flesh. That's very conditional. I'm not going to church because I don't like them. Or I don't see that. And I don't see that. I'm cold. Whatever it might be. We put that all aside. And we come together in the unity of the spirit. How about a big amen there? We're not looking at things from a human point of view this morning. We are here in the spirit. At one time, we thought of Christ or the word of God merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. As you read and study the Bible and become more and more like him, we know him in a different way now. Not in a fleshly way, but in a spiritual way. Now it says in verse 17, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. As when you get born again, you have a new life now. It's called a Christian life. Where now you start to live for God more than yourself. And we know it's a struggle. We know that we've been in a world system most of our lives. And we've been following that system. And it's hard to empty that system and put the new system in order. And that takes time. So we have to understand it's not going to happen overnight. We become believers. How about a big amen there? We're not an instant believer. We become believers. As we pray and study and read the word of God and start to apply it to our lives, we are becoming more and more like him. Are we ever going to be perfect? No. Perfection in the Bible is just maturity. Understanding that we know we're going to fight this flesh all the way to go home with him, but also we know we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us to say no to it. Now look what it says. Look at verse 18. And all this is something we work for. Oh, it's not a performance thing. All of this is a what? A gift from God who brought us back to himself through Jesus Christ. And what has God done after he saves us? He has given us a task now of what? Reconciling people to him. Now when we get saved, now we have a new purpose in life. To get other people saved and into the kingdom. Can I get an amen here? And God has given us this task. As a believer, you have a new task now. And that is what? Reconciling people to him. Now look what it says in verse 19. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. No longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. What's an ambassador? It's a representative. You are a representative right now of Christianity. Each one of us, I believe, a priest, the Bible tells us. We all represent Jesus Christ when we're out there. That's why it's so hard for people to see Christians because they don't understand the way we live has everything to do with that as we honor God with a new life. Now look what it says. We are his ambassadors, verse 20, God is making his appeal through us. 
I'm the mouthpiece. You're the mouthpiece for Jesus. What comes out of your mouth to get other people into the kingdom? We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. For God made Christ, Jesus, who was sinless, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin. Listen now. So why? Why did he do that? So we could be made right. So we could be made right with God through Jesus Christ. So we can't perform to get right. He makes us right by believing in him. That's a gift from God. It's an awesome thing to be, have a gift like that. We, we, we no longer have to perform. See, here's the thing. We try to be good people in the flesh. Look, we could never be good people in the flesh and measure up to God's standard. So we had to send a Savior into the world so we could be born again in the Spirit. See, in the Spirit, we can do it. In the flesh, we can't. Can I get an amen here? And that's why a lot of us are miserable, because we try to be good Christians in the flesh. Today, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. No. Today, I'm going to let God run my life. I'm going to let Jesus go ahead of me. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to keep my mouth shut when I need to. And I'm going to pray when I, when I start to worry. Like the Bible tells me to do. That's when we start to what? Apply what we're learning. We're not just playing church anymore. Can I get an amen? All right, so let's go to our message. So we got a solution to the resolution. How many of us are making resolutions today? Now, come on now. We all know what they are. I'll run the gamut. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to be good. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to be a good, good little Christian for the new year coming up. <laughs> we all try, right? Let's just face it. I'm going to, it's New Year's, right? We think it's got some kind of power. The first of the year. It's a new year. Wow, January 1st. Boom! Here I am. I'm like Jesus now. We think that January 1st has some kind of power. No, it's just really a reminder that it's like a new beginning. It's a new year. We can do things. All right. I'm going to do this or that differently this new year. And I mean it this time. Who hasn't set off with great intentions, right, on January 1st? By the end of the first month, however, things often seem to have settled back into the status quo mode. Back to the old self again. (laughs) Can I get an amen here? So is there a solution to this resolution riddle that we always go by in this New Year's quandary? Well, actually there is, okay? Yes, there is. And believe it or not, the solution is found in that book you got in your hand. Can I get an amen here? When we approach this issue from spiritual perspective, okay, we begin to see things in a new light. It is extremely liberating and empowering. First of all, we will need to acknowledge that self has often gotten the best of us. And it seems like the more you try to control yourself, the more self pushes in the opposite direction. So what's going on here? What is going on? Is there any hope for gaining true self-control? Or am I simply destined to be dragged around by myself for the rest of my life? 
All right, let's start in Romans chapter 7 this morning, my brothers and sisters. Are you with me so far? We already know. How many years have we tried to make changes on the first? And by the, you know, the second or even the third, back to the old self again. Saying, what am I going to do? Can anything change? Absolutely. Can we make changes? Yes, but not in the flesh. Spiritual growth is the key. Look at verse 14. Romans 7. This is Paul the Apostle speaking in Romans after at least 28 years of walking with Jesus. Actually, he's the only one that actually saw the risen Christ and saw the heavens. He actually seen paradise, Paul. Right, even though we've seen all that, he still has a little bit of a problem. And let's see what it is. So the trouble is not with the law or with the word of God. It is spiritual and good. He's saying, the trouble is with me. For I am all too human, a slave to sin. I really don't understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law or the word of God is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. He's saying it's like a possession. Sin is like a virus that lives inside of him. And it makes him do things that he doesn't want to do. It controls him. Everybody thinks that when we're possessed by an evil spirit, that we turn green and we spin our head around and say, "Ah!" No, our sin nature possesses us. We have to understand, like it says in um, Ephesians 4, don't sin by letting anger control you. Because anger gives a foothold to who? The devil. So when you get angry, what starts coming out? Nothing godly. It's all ungodly stuff. Because we understand something else is controlling us at that point. We are actually possessed. When we start talking about people, running people down, finding fault with everybody, do we really think that is God's nature? No, that's our sin nature controlling us. We really don't want to talk about people. We'd rather not say anything. But it comes out of our mouths like natural. It just spews out the negativity and finding what's wrong with everything. See, the devil wants you to see what's wrong. Jesus wants you to see what's right. Everything is wrong. There's something wrong with everybody. Have you ever looked in the mirror? Are you flawless? There's not a flawless person on the earth. But it's so easy to look at everybody else's flaws than look in the mirror at my own. But whenever you're looking at someone else's flaws, those are yours. We all have them. Can I get an amen here? Oh, I can't see that. I'm not like that. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, you are like that. And worse. Because now you're pointing your finger at someone else. Now look what it says. Verse 16. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. Verse 17. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It's sin living in me. And I know that nothing good lives in me That is in my sin nature. Paul was saying in his flesh there was nothing good. 
Can you say that about yourself? That there's nothing good in my flesh? Or do you think, well, you know what, I'm pretty good. I'm a good person. How many times do you hear people say that? The only thing that's good is who? Jesus said only God is good. What are you talking about? What's good? Only God is good. Anything good that comes out of you is from Jesus, not from yourself. Because the Bible tells us everything that comes out of our mouth is sinful in the flesh. Can I get any men here? Okay, that's what he's trying to say here. So I know that nothing good, verse 18, lives in my sinful nature or my flesh. I want to do what is right, but I can't. How many of us struggle with doing the right thing all the time? This, this, we don't know how strong our sin nature is till you try to say no to it. How powerful it drags you and gives you urges that are totally against God. You know, you don't want to open your mouth and say anything or hurt anybody, but what? It just got to come out. It just can't contain it. It's like a monster living inside of us. Can I get an amen here? We're all, we're all in the flesh. We're monsters. The Bible calls us what? Evil. So well, I'm not evil. Yes, that's why we need a savior. So if you could admit that on January 1st, things can start to change for you. And you can start to become more like Jesus and not try to self-improve. You can't self-improve. That's why we come to Jesus. Can I get an amen here? We have to die to self. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. We just read that. Now look what it says. I want to do what is right, but I can't. Look at verse 19. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I, but if I, look at verse 20. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life. Now Paul discovered something about himself. That when I want to do right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law or God's world with all my heart. How many of us love the Bible? We love the Bible. Right? It says it right here. I love God's law with all my heart. But look at verse 23. There is another power within me that is at war with what? My mind. With my mind. This power, this power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Now look at verse 24. What does that do? Oh, what a miserable person I am. How many miserable Christians in the world? In the, in the room? Our sin nature makes us miserable. And what does misery do? It loves company. So if I'm miserable, I'm going to get on the phone with my friends and tell them how miserable I am and how bad everybody's treating me and how everything's wrong with my life. And then drag someone else into the mud. Because misery loves company. Oh, what, start talking about people and start feeling better about yourself. Who doesn't do that? We all do it. We're all sneaky. And sin is sneaky. It makes us do things that we don't want to do. It controls us. We don't understand how powerful sin is. That's why Jesus hated sin. He hated sin because it hurts you and other people. It doesn't hurt him. He doesn't see it anymore. But your sin hurts you and other people. And you don't realize it till the consequences come down the road later. 
Because if sin affected you right away, you'd stop doing it. We love to do it until it what? Causes a problem. Can I get an amen here? The devil's not some guy with a pitchfork and horns. He comes as good things. But he takes us away from the Bible. He takes us away from Jesus. He takes us away from Christians. Finding fault with Christians. Saying those people are all hypocrites. No, no. Well, everybody's a hypocrite. Christians aren't perfect. They're just forgiven. We're trying to get better through Jesus. The world doesn't care whether they get better or not. See, we're making changes in our lives. None of us are perfect, but we're becoming perfected as we renew our minds with the Word of God. Can I get an amen here? See, these don't, people don't understand that. They think because we're Christians, we're supposed to be, I'm perfect now. No. None of us are perfect. But that's what they see, and that's what they expect. That's why it's so important to live right amongst unbelievers. So they can see some Jesus and less of us and more of who? Jesus. Tell me that's not a struggle. How many times do we say, all right, Jesus, you stay home. I gotta take I gotta take over today. I gotta run, I gotta take control of some stuff. I'll come back and pray later and say, ask you to forgive me, because your grace covers it. So I'm gonna be nasty and I'm just gonna go back and say I'm sorry. Can I get an amen here? You're talking to somebody who does the very same things that you do. So I can relate to you. Can I get any men here? Oh, I'm not like that. We're all like that. Whoever, whoever thinks they're not is in denial. You're in denial of yourself. I'm not that bad. Compared to who? When you ask yourself, I'm not that bad, who are you comparing yourself to? Are you comparing yourself to people around you that you might be doing better than? Or are you comparing yourself to Jesus? When you compare yourself to Jesus, we're all what? Done. First word that comes out of our mouth, we're done. Everybody could do better than someone else might be doing. But compared to Jesus, what? We're all struggling with sin. Now, (laughs) look at verse 24. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Now, Paul's going to give us a solution. How many of us want this solution this morning? Or do they want to take the solution from the world? I'm going to give you what the Bible solution is. Okay? You ready for this? Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God it's the counselor. Oh, it's not the counselor. Thank God the answer is where? In Jesus Christ our Lord. The answer is in the word of God. Jesus Christ is the Bible. Can I get an amen here? Thank God the answer is in the Bible. So you see how it is? In my mind, I want to obey God's laws, don't we? In our minds, we want to do the right thing, don't we? I hope you do. But look what it says. But because of my sin nature, I'm a slave to sin. So we're all in the same boat. That's why we have such struggles in our life. And that's why we come to church miserable. Because we can't fix this problem. The world can't fix this problem. A president can't fix the problem. The president is a sinner. So when we look to what? Politics and all this stuff that's going to be a solution to our problem in the world? How is a sinner going to fix a sinner? 
Can they? No. The President of the United States, the Pope, whoever it might be, me, I'm a sinner. I can't fix this. But I know someone who can. His name is Jesus. And he's in your, Jesus is in your hand right now. See that book? That's Jesus. That's the solution. Why does everybody not go to that for the solution? If the Bible got on the White House table and they went by them principles, you wouldn't have to lock your doors no more. You wouldn't need a police department. You wouldn't need anything. Because everybody would be living by the ways of God. Can I get an amen here? That's what you think a new heaven and a new earth is. It's going to be a life free of our sin nature that stops us from doing that. See, this body can't inherit that kingdom because it's full infected with sin. When a virus enters a human being, you know it never leaves them, right? Sin is like a virus. Once it gets into us, we're born with it. It never leaves us. So it always has a chance to creep itself back in. We might be able to put it into remission, but it's always there. So we have to learn how to what? Master it. It's called self-control. How to say no to it. How do I say no to this desire, this urge that I have to do something lustful, this desire that I have to eat more than I have to, this desire to buy 20 pairs of shoes instead of three, this desire that makes me a glutton, not just for food, a glutton for the things of the world. It controls us, bigger, better, more, more money, more power. Can I get an amen here? What keeps that at bay? The Holy Spirit is our what? Governor. It governs us. It says, oh, that's enough. Be content with what you have. Stop going to get bigger and better. Start serving me. Start worshiping me. Start living for me and you'll be at peace. There's no peace trying to do bigger, more, and better. The peace comes from doing God's will and finishing the work. Can I get an amen here? Go with me to Luke chapter 9. People still think that the more I have down here, the more peace I'm going to have. The more you have down here, the more responsibility and problems you have. How many times does that stuff you have stop you from being able to come to church? How many times does your responsibility say, I can't go to church? I'm doing this, I'm doing that, i got to take care of this, i got to take care of that. So if that was from God, he would never stop you from coming to worship him. Can I get any men here? Look at Luke chapter 9, go to verse 23. So wouldn't it be a great goal on January 1st to say, you know what, I'm going to become more like Jesus this year. That's what I want to do. I want to become more like Jesus and less like myself. What a great, great resolution that would be. And he said it right out. Look at verse 23 of Luke chapter 9. Luke 9 verse 23. Then he said to the crowd, Jesus said, If anyone, any of you wants to be my follower... You must give up your own way or your own selfish ways. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. 
But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Can I get an amen here? If you give up your life for Jesus' sake, is when you get salvation. You get delivered from what? Your sin nature. And look what it says in verse 25. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you yourself, but you are yourself lost or destroyed? So what's the benefit of getting everything there and you what? Destroying yourself in your life. The New Testament presents a revolutionary approach to controlling yourself. Now listen to me. Once Jesus Christ arrived on the scene, self was in for a rude awakening. A Christian could come to understand the difference between yourself and who you want to be in Christ. When you understand what the Bible teaches about self, you will begin to gain an awareness that, that a new you is definitely within reach. After all, it won't really be you anyway. It'll be Christ in you. You see, we can't take the credit for our new life. The credit has to go to who? Jesus. You see how good I am, all my accomplishments? No, no. The glory has to go to who? Jesus. Because he's the one doing it. Through you. Like right now, God is speaking through me. This is not me. This is God speaking through me. So when you do something for the Lord, it is Jesus working through you, not you. So you shouldn't get a plaque or a reward or anything. You're just doing what you're safe to do. For some reason, people want to get rewarded for doing good. We're supposed to do good. There's no reward in that. Can I get an amen here? It's crazy. Well, look, that's what we teach our kids, right? You be a good boy, you get a lollipop. You're not a bad boy, you get a lump of coal for Christmas. That's what we teach them, right? We teach them on performance. Instead of teaching them what? The things of the Bible. So they have the right, the right understanding. All right. And, the, and right there, that right there is the key to any resolution. The only way to get victory over yourself is to get connected to the one who won the victory over man's sin. When Jesus died and rose again, man's self had a very bad day. It was the beginning of the end for self in the lives of those who would come to learn the biblical secret. Go with me to Colossians chapter 1. Is everybody with me so far? Oh, what a great, what a great congregation we have here. Hey, and listen, it's the truth that'll set you free. Or else you'll always stay in bondage to yourself. It's all about me, what I need. My, my, my. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Look at verse, Colossians 1. Look at verse 27. I'm going to give you the biblical secret this morning. A secret. Tell you a little secret of Jesus this morning. <laughs> Look at verse 27 
of Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory for Christ are for you Gentiles too. So all the glory and the riches of the Bible are for us. Now it says, in this is the secret. Shh, I got a secret for you. Christ lives in you. Do you realize that Jesus Christ, as a believer, lives inside of you? Whatever you do and wherever you go, just remember one thing. You take Jesus with you. When you think like that, it'll stop you from doing a lot of things that you shouldn't do. That's why we get them little things. What would Jesus do? Would you take Jesus into that argument? Would you take Jesus into that whatever lustful thing you're going to do? Would you take Jesus into that fight? Would you take him into that? Or would you say, you know what? No, Jesus, I'm not going to bring him there. This is what it says. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. How do you share his glory? By representing him and not you. So Jesus is working through me. I'm going to pray for you. You know when somebody does something to you? Instead of going back at him, say, I'm going to pray for you. That's Jesus working through you. Now, if you don't want Jesus working through you, we have something called a free will. You can say no to that. The Spirit's prompting to say, no, be kind. Or you can be in your flesh say, don't you let anybody talk to you like that. You give it right back to them and more. And you know who you're working for at that point, right? Not Jesus. But we have a choice. Remember that now. You have to give an answer for everything after you get saved. You know that, right? That you had a choice to do things in a spiritual way or in a fleshly way. You have a choice. You can't say, I didn't know. Because you do know. You made a choice to want to do it that way. Now, after becoming a believer, okay, the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4, go there. I ain't letting you out of here this morning. To you, to you, you're a new creation. Well, you're not going to be able to claim ignorance, not in this church. Look at Philippians 4, look at verse 12. I'm going to stay in Philippians for the rest of this, just because I'm running out of time. I could keep you here all day. Paul, keep them doors locked, buddy. Ain't nobody getting out of here this morning. And if your flesh is crawling this morning, that's good. That gives you an opportunity to get rid of it. Time to make a clean break and start thinking right. I've been thinking wrong, talking about people and bragging about myself and bragging about my fa- bragging this and bragging that and taking glory for everything that God's doing instead of giving Him the glory. So I need to take a good long look in the mirror, man. I'm just I'm ugly inside. We all are, and we provide a service for that. It's on Monday night to get inside and get rid of that stuff. Don't forget, tomorrow we're starting up a brand new one. If you want to make some resolutions and get rid of some of that stuff, 
We got a new group starting Monday night. Show up, you'll love it. Change your life. All of us need it. All right, look what it says in Philippians 4, verse 12. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned, he learned this now, it didn't come natural to him, the secret of living in every situation. How many of us want that secret this morning? The secret to live in every situation in your life. Here it is. Whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, I can do everything through Christ, the one who gives me strength. What is he saying? I can do everything through the word of God that gives me the strength to accomplish it. So if you say I don't need to read my Bible, well then you're not reading, you don't understand, the, you don't understand why you got saved. You got saved so you could what? Change. So you could become like Jesus. And the only way that's ever going to happen is if you read the Bible and let the Holy Spirit speak to you and transform you. It doesn't happen by osmosis. It doesn't happen by sitting here. I'm just supplementing it so you can understand it for your own personal time. Can I get an amen here? So now, how is that possible? How can someone have contentment even when self is being deprived of certain things? You know it as well as I do. When we get deprived of something, we're not content. We're all jumping all over the place. How do we get content? When it's being, for a Christian, the old life was a life where self was on the throne. What self wanted, self tended to get. It began at an early age and continued into your adult years, or at least until self was deposed from the throne as Jesus came to reign there. With Jesus on the throne of a believer's heart, self doesn't really know what to do. And so, it is best just to forget about yourself and concentrate on what? Christ. When a Christian does that, its life seems to flow quite peacefully on the inside. Look what it says. You're in Philippians. Go to Philippians chapter 2. Look what it says. Where am I going to get this kind of power? <laughs> the believers do not understand what kind of power you possess as a Christian. As a believer in Jesus Christ, you have resurrection power. Do you realize how powerful resurrection power is? It raises somebody dead back to life again. Remember Frankenstein when they tried to bring him back to life? Well, he come out all deformed because people try to bring him back to life. But when you let Jesus bring you back to life, you come out perfect. A perfect new creation, a masterpiece, it tells us in Ephesians chapter 10. He created us anew. We're masterpieces in Christ Jesus. So we can do the things that he planned for us long ago that our sin nature stopped us from doing. See, our sin nature stops us from doing God's will. Do you understand that? Look what it says in verse 13, Philippians 2. Stay with me now. 
For God is working in you. He's working in you, giving you the desire. Not only does He give you a desire, but He also gives you what? And the power to do what pleases Him. So not only does He give us, get rid of the old desires, but He gives us new ones. What's the new desire? To serve Him. I have nothing but desires to serve God. When my old ones come back, I take on my new desires. What are my new desires? To do what God wants me to do. Fix the church. Do this. Get in the Bible. Read. Help somebody. Those are my new desires. My old desires stop me from doing that. Oh, I'm too busy. I can't. I got to take care of this. I'm busy right now. I got to take care of my business, not God's. You see? That's, the self is in the way of doing God's business. But when, you, what, when your desires change, you say, you know what? The heck with that. That my grass can wait. My leaves can wait. So I can get to church and worship God. My house can wait. Because He comes first. Get it? It's a transformation of thinking of Him before you think of you. That's a true believer. Um, now a make-believer says, well, I'm going to go to church, put a couple bucks in the basket, and then go about my merry way and do nothing for Jesus. Now listen. Look at, go to Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. There's so much encouragement in Philippians. Read the book of Philippians today. You want encouragement? He's going to give you all the encouragement you need in Philippians. It's a beautiful book. Look what it says in Philippians 1, verse 6. He was so convinced what God can do in your life. He's going to do, he's, going to, he's more convinced that God can do it more than you're convinced that you can do it. He says, And I am certain that God, who began the good work in you, within you, when you got saved, will what? Continue His work in you until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So he's never going to stop working on you. It's a blessing. This Lord, as much as we fail, as many times as we go back to ourself again, he says he's going to begin the work in you, and he said he's going to finish it. And isn't that awesome? He's going to finish it until he comes back. Philippians 3, go there. Now, is that going to happen quickly or overnight? Let's see what Paul says about it. We live in an instant society that wants instant spiritual growth. It ain't happening. Nothing good comes fast or easy. Look what it says in verse 12 of Philippians chapter 3. This is Paul saying this after walking with the Lord for so many years. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection or maturity. But here's what he says. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. Now here's the thing we have to focus on that the devil doesn't let us do. But I have to focus on this one thing. Look what it says. But I have to focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past. How many of us are still living in the past? Bringing it to mind. Keeping people in it. And looking forward to what lies ahead. The problem is we're stuck in the past. We can't get by it. 
And it says, looking forward to what lies ahead. Look at verse 14. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Not him, us. So look what it says. Let all who are spiritually, what? Mature, agree on this. See, if you're spiritually mature, you agree that the past has been holding you back from what God has planned for you. Agree on this thing. Look what it says. If you disagree on some point, don't let let God, I believe God will make it plain to you. See, God will reveal that to you, make you understand it as you continue in the word. Now it says, this is the key. Listen to me, please, and listen to me good. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. You see, even if it's only a little progress, the devil wants to steal that too. We've got to hold on to that little bit, that one time when you didn't open your mouth, that one time when you didn't overdrink, that one time when you didn't overeat, that one time when the spirit actually took control of you and led you for that day. You hold on to that. Say, see, it can be done. I did it that day. And that means I can do it another day. In another day, in another day, Lord willing, it will happen. Because he said, he's never going to leave me, nor forsake me, or give up on me. Every time I give up on me, he doesn't. But you must hold on to the progress you already made. That's the key. To not let the devil steal that. On the other hand, whenever we allow self to push, it, push its way back into the equation, we start running into trouble again. The toughest part about New Year's resolution isn't merely the need for perseverance. There is something even deeper going on. We actually need, to, need a complete makeover at the spiritual level. We need a total transformation. Total. And that can only happen with Christ on the throne and self out of the way. We all have a natural tendency to jump right in there and get our own way. But the Christian life offers much a much better approach. This is supernatural. This is what it, this is what it is. It's not something that can be done in a worldly perspective. It is supernatural. It involves our creator. Listen to me now. And it begins and continues as a life of faith, as well as a daily reliance upon him who gave his life for our sins on the cross. You see, Jesus died to save us and also to lead us. You see, he didn't die just to save us. He died died to, to what? Lead us. He didn't die only to save us, and then, he, then we have to lead ourselves. When we try to lead ourselves, we find that self messes things up in our attitudes, our relationships, in mental concentration. Can we deny that? How many times do we get in the way with our attitude? How many times do we get in the way of having good, healthy relationships? And how many times does our mental concentration turn into scrambled eggs? Where you can't grab anything. Our self is completely unreliable and thoroughly self-absorbed. That is the nature of self. Meanwhile, the nature of Christianity is Christ in us. 
the hope of glory. Can I get an amen here? Now, the last one before I let you go, Galatians chapter 2. Then I might let you go. Sometimes the truth is never easy to proclaim. But that's what God calls me to do. Proclaim the truth. The truth is the truth about our condition. Go with me to Galatians chapter 2. Paul's going to give us the great, like a great ending here. I can go on and on and on and on with this. I'll continue this message. Because just, next week I'll see where you're at again in your resolutions. See how, see how many of them stuck. I'm going to get you. <laughs> look what it says in Galatians 2. Look at verse 19. For when I tried to keep the law, or when I tried to do self-help, it condemned me. So I died to the law or to myself. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. You see, following outward rituals can't change you. See, it says, I stopped trying to follow all the commandments to meet its requirements so that I might live for God. Look what it says in verse 20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, Paul said, but Christ lives in me. Now, he says, so the life I live in this earthly body, so I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How's that for a close-up? I live in this earthly body by what? Trusting the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Perhaps the best New Year's resolution you and I could make would be this. I will bring things to Jesus the moment they become even a minor issue in my thinking. Why is, it, why is that mindset so critical? Because we often start out trying to solve a problem, problem by looking to ourselves for the answer. That's where we make our first and biggest mistake. I can figure this out. Whoever said self could do a better job of dealing with the issue than Jesus could? We think so, right? Whoever said that we could do a better job of dealing with the issue than Jesus? But we have to train ourselves to rely upon Christ, not only for salvation, but also for everything we go through in life. Can I get a big amen here? We do that by saying no to self, and then coming to Jesus about anything and everything that is upsetting our peace in Christ, that includes, listen to me now, thoughts, attitudes, speech, behavior, moods, relational pressure, etc. If we delay in bringing it to the Lord, we find that self is usually more than ready to tackle the problem again. We need to stay on the bench. Can I get an amen here? All right, I'm going to let you go because I love you. Just remember, trust Jesus. Don't just come to church and think that that's going to fix you. Stay with Jesus. Read the book. 
understand them, fellowship with like-minded people, and let him transform you. Let me share that. I'm going to call the yeses up. We're going to close.
Thank you for this beautiful day, Lord, and this opportunity that you give to us each week, Lord, just to gather together in your house and hear your word, Lord. We're so grateful and thankful for these messages, Lord, that you give to pastor, Lord, and for a pastor that's not afraid to preach those messages exactly the way you intended them to be preached, Lord, regardless if anybody gets offended or convicted, Lord. I just pray that we've grown enough, Lord, to use those convictions not to become bitter, Lord, to be, but to be grow stronger in our walk with you, Lord, and become an example to this broken world, Lord, as to what it truly means to live a changed life. And Lord, I just pray that we would all go back, Lord, and listen to Wednesday's message, Lord. It's a good message, Lord, to truly see where our heart is at, Lord. And Lord, I just pray you watch over the church and our families, Lord. I just pray that you lay on our hearts, Lord, and those who watch on the live feed, Lord, a desire to want to support the church, Lord, so we can continue to restore your beautiful house, Lord, and Pastor can continue to get the truth of your word out there to all who seek it. And I just pray this in your holy, precious name. Amen. 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 Amen.